Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Can't Talk About That Right Now. Which I am now questioning because I, I, I always feel embarrassed when I say the title of the podcast. Really? But now I realise it's making sense. It's like after you've written something, you know what you've written. Yeah. Now I, I get it. Oh, fully, 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 fully. Now I get it. It's like one of those silly long titles that, you know, is a little bit of a mouthful. But at the same time, it represents perfectly what it's about, right? Yeah, totally. Because... But also it sums up why we started it. Totally. Because it was, we were trying to get kind of control over our grief. Mm-hmm. And it was just after we had an, a situation with somebody, I think we deleted from a podcast from one of the early ones. No, no, we no, we, paranoid. we kept it in. Oh, Literally, we, we oh, had yeah. the whole like sort of, so we have the actual moment that we, we came up with the title oh, in yeah. the first episode. And it was just because we were saying, you know, we can't talk about that right now, leave us alone. Yeah. We'll come to that when we're ready. Exactly. And now I get it. Yeah. Because... But now we can talk about that right now. So maybe we should talk, we should change the title of the podcast. We we can talk we can about that talk about right it. now. I mean, we, but, but, but we choose to not. Exactly. It, sometimes. So to maybe not, just keep it safe and keep it What we can it. talk about today is your problems and issues. <laughs> mm. um, so I, I put... has been waiting for this day. No, no, no. I mean, I, I'll admit we got this idea from um, my favourite podcast, Red Scare. If anybody else listens, you should. And if you don't, grow up. Um... And they just have this this uh, thing that they do uh, often called Love Line, where people uh, send in voice notes of their questions about love and, and stuff like that. We've opened ours up a little bit. It's not just about love. We do have some questions about love, but also about sort of career and ambition. And I think that Jesse and I are bound to give some terrible advice, but we will try our best, won't we? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I, do you think that you, are you the kind of person? Do you like giving advice to people? I'm very, you know I'm good at advice. You maybe. love it. But I'm I not don't saying... I love it. No, I hate it. I'm not saying motivational advice like, you know, when you're being my drill sergeant. <laughs> I know, this is my gothic hand. This is my gothic hand. Don't be rude about my gothic hand. I ripped this one off, so it's only one. But <laughs> this is my um, gothic thumb you're hole. You're just so grubby sometimes, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> 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 sometimes I just look at you like, you, you just... <laughs> okay, you fucking nerd. Get over it. Just, you know. Just because I'm me and you're you. No, okay? just, you know, you are the type of person to wear pyjamas outside. Um, yeah. Okay, sometimes it's really practical. Sometimes it's like, I'm not going to waste a full outfit or a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> On today. Today doesn't need a new pair of pants. I know I? what you mean. Sometimes, sometimes. I only have three pairs of good pants. Exactly. Like, no, just three pants. Do you, are they pairs of pants? Pairs of pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a pair of pants. It's a pair of but pants. But it's just one. Yeah, I know, but it's got two leg holes in it, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the way that trousers is a pair of trousers. Yeah, so I only have three pairs of my size 14 M&S um, seamless mm. pants, which give you no VPL. Oh, do you know what I love? The Sainsbury's 2 lacy <laughs> pants. <laughs> They're not Sainsbury's, that's Tesco. Oh, Tesco then. Yeah. Okay, what's the Tesco clothing range called? Because we got George. Oh, what we is got it? two. Oh, what is it? What's what is it? the Tesco version? Oh, that's so annoying. And also on that note, by the way, if anybody's been watching Love Island, is not the George uh, by Asda uh, advert with the children singing in the playground <laughs> the best advert you've ever seen? I actually looked it up on YouTube afterwards and I watched it a couple of times. How have I missed that? Is that because I watched it on ITV? It's called Play? Back to School. Honestly, I recommend we're getting the kids to watch it. It's inspirational. I think that's because I only watch it on ITV Player. You get it on ITV Player. Oh, I missed that. Mm. Looking down on my phone during the ad breaks too much, aren't I? Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, we so don't yeah. know what the clothing, so I, the clothing, I, I, the clothing I, for Tesco's is. But I also... Um, 
yeah, I don't like wasting one of my good three pairs of pants. Exactly. It's just not worth it. I like, mm. it, you know, it, if I have to get pants on for that day, I'll use one of the pants that has like so many period blood stains on it. It literally looks like an old, like an old builder's like sweat rag. Like he's been working in the mines and he's like been tapping his head. Like that's how dirty it looks. Do you know what I mean? And it's not that they're dirty, but the stains don't wash out. They don't wash so, out. Don't buy white pants. Don't, yeah, don't buy white pants ever, really. When are you going to wear them? Apart from on your wedding day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Okay. So you do like giving advice I, I like to me, it. but I you like, like giving advice to other people. What about if somebody was to come up to you and ask? If I see somebody is doing something so wrong in their lives, I do kind of like hinting, right, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy being a drill sergeant that I am a drill sergeant by nature so I do enjoy kind of giving people a plan and a, a kick in the right direction yep and I do seem to surround myself that with people that that need a kick in the right direction I think maybe to make me feel better about myself so maybe it's a bitchy thing maybe I like giving advice to make me feel better well that's a very therapies kind of like emotionally mature mm. understanding of it but I would also say that you are just, you're really good at giving advice. You're somebody that like, you have a lot of things that you've implemented in your own life that are more difficult for like a lazy person like me to do, you know? So I think that actually you're a really good, you're very well suited to give advice, to be honest. I think I'm pretty good at giving advice too. Yeah, you're really good at giving advice, but we're good at advice in a different way. So you're quite soothing Mm -hmm. and you always make me feel better and you're very gentle. Mm -hmm and um loving whereas my advice is a little bit more harsh and tough to hear yeah. but usually for the better so we we, we do complement each other quite well when we're in the right position totally so in fact that we might be the perfect agni on team because you've got good cop and bad cop mm-hmm. yeah well we've got dream cop and reality cop oh yeah yeah, yeah. that sounds like <laughs> a program i want to watch so okay gorgeous so I, you, to do this task today we are having to just ignore the fact that I have a phobia of voicemails. Yeah. Trigger warning because of my rape. <laughs> <laughs> if you say trigger warning literally two seconds before you say the thing, though, that's not like enough time for people to be able to. <laughs> You're just an actual mentalist, aren't you? Okay, what let's you go say? on. Let's listen, let's listen to the first one, shall yeah, we? But when do you say trigger warning? I think you say trigger warning like. Uh, like before, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. People know they expect and I'm from only us laughing now. Out of pain, exactly. <laughs> Humor as a coping mechanism. <laughs> Basically, my rapist left me a voicemail, and I still haven't got over it. I don't listen to voicemail. A costume lady once came up to me and said, "You need to delete your voicemail message because I had my voicemail answer machine as hi, it's Jesse. I don't listen to voicemails." That was all it was. And I thought that was sassy. That was cool. It was and kind of a bit quirky as well. Yeah, kind of funny. and she was really offended. She says that that makes me sound like a bitch. Why are costume women all cunts? Why are they all cunts? <laughs> Why are they all cunts? Is that like a fucking job requirement? Sorry, okay. Anyway, let's, let's start. <laughs> let's start. So do I hold this up to the... We should have given a trigger warning for you. Trigger warning. I hope you're okay. <laughs> okay, let's start. Hello, long-time listener and Patreon subscriber. Um, I have a question about my love life. So I broke up with my boyfriend of a year and a half, about three weeks ago. Um, and I've always really had this crush on my friend. He also just broke up with his girlfriend of about two years. And we immediately got off with each other and slept with each other and started sort of just being relationshipy. And then he recently, last week, freaked out and withdrew. 
and then we met up for coffee and we had this discussion and we both still like each other but it was moving too fast and we've been hanging out ever since but in a friendly way so being exactly the same just no touching and no kissing so I'm confused I don't know if he wants to be my friend or if he's just taking things slowly and then eventually we will start a relationship should I keep doing this to myself of just meeting up with him and being his friend and it kind of hurting or should I just oh oh cut out there sorry Daisy um oh that's really sweet that's a really sweet message that reminds me of the friends episode I watched last night where um Rachel realises that Paolo has felt up Phoebe mm. and then everyone's like, Ross, this is your chance. Go, 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 go. And then Rachel's like, I just don't, I'm off men. I'm off men. And, he, and then he says, I don't think you should be off men. You should be on me. Yeah. Does Ross actually say yeah, that in that it was, uh, Yeah, some of the episodes, I mean, that wouldn't be okay now because you can't say, tell a woman how she should be feeling. Yeah. But no to Rachel. To Rachel. Oh she God. says, no, you should be on men. You should be on me, basically. But then doesn't, like, there's a cat jumps on his head or something. No, like that, that's so. when he's telling, that's when he's, that's a different episode. Okay, okay. Well, on the balcony, though. Well yeah. Um, so, back to this question. Okay, so she's broken up. Thank you very much, Daisy. You were the first person to send the message. Aww. Thank you. Um, so, and you're the only one. And you're the <laughs> only one. We will be discussing this issue for the rest of the episodes. <laughs> we got some more. Not as many as I expected, but... No, we didn't. I We got about 50, which is yeah, great. that's incredible. In incredible. Thank you. I think some people probably got a little bit nervous as well to send them because, like, you know. Yeah. But next time we do this, if we and do it Daisy's again. got a lovely voice, lovely voice, Daisy, and lots of people had lovely voices. And actually. you're obviously a sexy gal, such a sexy gal. Two boys in a row. Yeah. Just that's very quick. And okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Daisy had a breakup, and then she's got involved with a friend of the boy that she was with, and um, she is wondering why he's pulled away and if it's something that's going to continue. What, what, what are your thoughts immediately on why? No, what are your thoughts, Bibi? You're the oh, love guru. Thank you. you. I'm yeah. the love guru. Yeah. Okay, so it seems like a case of bad timing, maybe. Mm. So you clearly had like some built up feelings with this guy. And in the sort of aftermath of the breakup, which I think is always a really kind of weirdly sexy time when you're like emitting some sort of scent. Also you've a just desperate been... time. Yeah, and a desperate time. But like basically, clearly you were emitting some strong pheromones and this guy had to have you. And that's really, really hot. And maybe the passion of that moment and kind of the excitement of all of that has made him, with a little bit of time and a little bit of a breather, he's just like, as you said, taken a little bit of a step back. I think it could be one of those situations where if you just play it really, really cool now, he's gonna, that taste will come back and I'll be like, where's Daisy? You know? So I think you've got to play it very cool. I don't but think also, that you'd be desperate in this situation. That's my... That's my advice. Yeah, the pain, you said the pain of meeting up with him and not touching. Yeah. Take a step back. You've already had sex, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, Ooh. You've already had sex. You've already realized, okay, you both fancy each other. That You know everything's working. Yeah. That's good. Mm. So yeah, play it cool. Mm -hmm. Take a couple of steps back. The problem is you've both been in long-term relationships. Yeah. Long-term relationships are quite boring. Yeah. They're monotonous. You watch TV. You fuck after TV and then you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like you you're like players in esports. You know, like you you know your combo moves, right? But you're not mm -hmm. like going to be surprising each other yeah. because you're both like you're both tournament winners. Okay? And you don't necessarily shower each time. You exactly. Know? So there's not a lot of romance. So I would just say, 
you know that it's gonna work if you fancy each other yeah and you've liked each other for a long time and you work as friends which is of course a good basis for relationship even though i always get quite depressed when people are like friendships is the best foundation for a relationship well, like, at a wedding when people are like he's my best friend yeah no 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 nah. um so obviously yeah alfie's my best friend but you know shut up yeah, yeah. um don't be cringe about it yeah don't say it at a wedding yeah um not that I've ever been to, I've been to one running my brother's. <laughs> and that didn't work I got out. divorced now. So, um, Not so technically, because she would get deported. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is keep it fun. Keep it fun. No TV. Fun. I think that you um, and him probably both feel the same way, but you're just like, uh, you're reacting in, in, in slightly different ways. And you both just come out of long-term relationships. Don't rush into anything. Yeah, don't just trade places with your old boyfriend and get a new boyfriend and watch TV or whatever. I'm not saying you watch TV. You probably do fun things, but just keep it fun. Keep it funky. Keep it Stay fresh. Stay outside. He clearly fancies you. Keep it safe. But you know? men are always going to be the ones to be defensive and like, like take a step back first. Because they're going to think, oh, she's trying to trap me. She's trying to trap me. So mirror that behavior. Take an even bigger step back. Yeah. Do a triple jump back. Yeah. <laughs> and also, don't be offended if he wants to go and fuck other people for a bit. Exactly. That's normal. Yeah, act like and that's not a big deal. You should too. Or, oh, or you know, go, even yeah. if you don't want to, that's cool too. Just don't be threatened. If you have a connection, he will come back to you. Totally. That is my belief. So, But it is vital that you play it cool. Oh, yeah. And if you don't play it cool and just take a step back from it, he will think, okay, she's she's going in with her claws now. Exactly. And I just think that the franticness of, 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 of one's behavior after a breakup sometimes leads you into places where a couple months down the line, you'll be like, what was I doing? What was I doing? Do you know what I mean? So just just play it cool right yeah. now. Take your time. Take a chill pill. Yeah. Gorgeous, sexy young Scottish And enjoy woman. you. you know? Yeah, enjoy, enjoy you. You've just been in a long-term relationship. You know, just have some fun. Exactly. I mean, exactly. exactly. Good luck, Daisy. Hey, thanks, Daisy. Let's listen to the next one. Good advice, Jessie. Play it right in. Hi, Jessie and Baby. Um, I know you guys have quite a large age gap between you, and I have a much younger sister too. I was just wondering if you guys had any tips on how to develop an adult friendship with um, a much younger sister. Ooh, okay, that's a nice short and spicy one. Thank you, A. She only, her, her Instagram handle is just the letter A. Thank you, A. Um, how do you develop an adult friendship with a sister? That's a really good question. I think it just evolves naturally, doesn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, we've never tried. We've never tried. I think we have a lot of similar interests. And I think because we've had such a sort of similar existence, you know, with our family being so close and like kind of worshipping the same gods of like Heat Magazine and Big Brother when we were younger. And then like that evolving into both being in the creative arts as adults our lives intertwine in a really natural way. I do feel guilty though, because I think I put too much pressure on your little shoulders from an early age um, and relied on you emotionally, which did mean that you had like a crash course from a very young age in into empathy. Mm -hmm. You're so empathetic from for just as long as I can remember, you've always made me feel better. And that's not necessarily fair. And that didn't mean probably you sped up and were mature emotionally in ways that maybe you weren't ready for. Or at least um, that maybe put, put me um, slightly at odds with my actual age group. Peer group, exactly. Yeah. So w I'm very overly dependent on you. And that might also feel make you feel, because of that, that jump, you have a lack with your age group, or you did maybe for a while. So mm -hmm. I think... There are sacrifices to be made. Yeah. If you're going to have a really close friendship with your you know, much younger sister or much older sister... Um, 
it might it, yeah maybe it would like mean that you're less close to to, to people your own age maybe but you have I, to accept you're gonna fuck each other up a bit but i think that um the secret to our relationship is consistency um we're not the kind of sisters that like we'll see each other like once a month and you know bury things under the carpet if we disagree or whatever like we see each other all the time if we have a fight we sort it out on the day on the day and also i think that i for maybe when at our points and we've had points in our relationship where we've rubbed each other up the wrong way but that's because we've been at odds in what we're doing at that point in our lives totally. maybe one of us is very busy um, or one of us is having a lot of fun and the other isn't. When we um, were 20 and 30, I would say that was like, we were just in such different stages, but then gave it a couple of years and suddenly But not even a easy. couple of years. I think is the second you take the pressure off, uh, you, you're not jealous of each other's positions yeah. because you're, the age gap means that you're never going to be at the same point at the same time as the other. You know, you're never going to be, you need two very set, different sets of requirements mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, from what you want and need in life. So if you take that pressure off and enjoy the time you spend together for what it is and enjoy the differences. Exactly. Because I think you now really enjoy the domesticity of my life mm -hmm. and the fact that I have a routine and I'm very disciplined and, you know, homely. Yeah. As a response to your way of life, which is very different and spontaneous and mm. freer. And we, we relish those, you know, those extreme differences. Exactly. And rather than being jealous of, um, you know, some, like... I think that, you know, because me and Jesse also have a lot of similar interests, I could easily be jealous of like, you know, some of the things that you've done and like how talented you are and all the different amazing things that you do. But instead, um, I can appreciate them from a distance and be like, that was Jesse's journey. What's my journey going to mm -hmm. be? And it's yeah. a completely different thing. You have to just not compare yourself to a sister because yes, even though you've started from like the same like little like ball of clay, you're completely different creatures and they're own, like, they can only help you. And like, the other, exactly. And the other thing is success for you, I love and mm -hmm. I enjoy and I get something out of that. So rather than being kind of bitter and worried about you surpassing me or being doing things better than me or having more opportunities than I did at your age, then, you know, like it, it works for both of us exactly. when, we, when we do well or when we succeed. When we fail, we fail together. When we succeed, we succeed together. And I think that's, yeah. don't be threatened by yeah. the differences, basically. Yeah. Use all of those feelings that could be, you know, you being threatened or you being jealous of each other or territorial. Just convert them. Convert them into pure support for each other, happiness for each other, because all of your successes can be shared. And like, if you just change your mindset slightly then it can just be the like the most wonderful relationship. You just basically have to just embrace each other fully and, and see her as much as you can, I think. But also there's, uh, I, I think with siblings and when there's an age gap, you I sometimes assume that BB's gonna do things the same as me. Mm -hmm. And because we are so similar and because we're in the same industry and almost like weirdly things are very repeating exactly. history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's, it's quite hard to shift that mindset and think, oh, it might not be the same for her and, and it might be better for her, it might be worse for her and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, allow, yeah, just embrace the differences basically. Totally. I've already said that, sorry. No, no, no. Thank good. you, A. Thank you, A. Very, very, okay, very good. I'm just going to write these all down. Sibling, age gap. You don't have to, sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Hi, Agony Aunts. So my question is, a couple of years ago, my ex-boyfriend got me a voucher for this fancy restaurant for my birthday and I never ended up using it with him because um, I broke up with him because he was a dick. And then a while later, I got with my current lovely boyfriend and for my next birthday, I ended up using the voucher with him and we had a lovely dinner with lamb and wine and everything and I never told him that ex-boyfriend had paid for it so I'm wondering if I should keep it as my little secret or whether I should actually tell him or not thank you love that so it was a a voucher for a meal voucher for a meal aww why are you going to tell absolutely not I definitely Keep it as a little secret. No, tell him. He'll love that. He'll love that. He'll I be mean, like, yeah, this actually, is mine now. This is my lamb. That is actually quite hot. That is actually quite yeah. hot. Yeah, he'll fucking love that. It's almost like wearing lingerie to sleep with a new guy that was bought for you by like another guy that wanted you. Do you know what I mean? Not that that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. Like that's something that has happened to me. That's what, not happened to me. What fancy restaurants do you have like a voucher for? Yeah, I know, right? Maybe lamb one, and wine maybe, though. Maybe mm. one on a shard or something. Um. I think I actually think yeah you're right I think that that could be quite like a bonding intimate sort of secret that you share and also it's a good way to gauge him (laughs) I just would love to know what you were thinking when you were having this meal with every bite thinking shall I tell him (laughs) shall I tell him (laughs) I think that I think it's an interesting way to gauge how he would respond if he responds like and he's territorial and he's like defensive and he feels inferior because some other man who's not even in the equation anymore is is bought you this if he gets angry that's a really really good indicator of the fact that he's petty but how yeah but male pride is such a you know a rubik's cube and um is that a phrase (laughs) a rubik's cube pride is such a a puzzle and i i didn't think about the fact that the man the other man the ex has paid for this meal. And I don't know the financial status of your current boyfriend, but maybe he doesn't have enough money to pay for this kind of meal. And maybe that would make him feel a bit weird having his meal bought for him by an ex of yours if he really loves you. So just if he's financially stable, then tell him. Yeah, be I think he'll be like kind of thrilled by that. Like, yeah. It's quite naughty. Yeah, that'd be a bit fun. But you're right. Gage, you know, because you don't want to be insensitive. If it seems like actually that would make him feel bad about himself, then don't tell him. You but know? also, you got to think, does this guy have an idea about how you got this voucher? Did he ask any questions about the voucher? If he doesn't have any questions about it, mm. that's a worry too. Exactly, you know? yeah. He's Where taking, did this voucher appear from? He's taking a free meal a little too easy. That's not very yeah. gentlemanly, is it? Exactly. And on your birthday? Yeah. What? So he's not even going to get your little meal for your birthday just be a bit inquisitive Come yeah on. yeah yeah there are so, questions to be answered so with should, that one you should really you know use this as a big a big deal this is a big deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ask him you know where do you think i got this vouch from if he's financially stable then tell him yeah if he's not and maybe that's why he didn't ask questions because he's insecure then just leave it. it you know it's your thing you had a nice meal mm-hmm. gorgeous okay this is a question from delicious monster tea hmm Hello, Bibi. Hello, Jessie. Um, so I'm 31 and next month I'm going back to college to do an art foundation course. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I should embrace the fact that I am going to be older than everyone else and take like the mum role and just not worry too much about fitting in. Or should I try and get down with the kids? Should I get try and be cool and try and get involved and try and make friends or would that be really embarrassing and would people would 
people know <laughs> be embarrassed for me. <laughs> I'd really like to make friends, but I don't want to embarrass myself. Okay, thank you. Love you. Bye. So sweet. That's so sweet. I mean, our foundation. Yeah. So I did not foundation straight after school. I dropped out, went back in, finished it. Then I dropped out of Manchester, blah, blah, blah. Got Harry Potter, didn't get any work, blah, blah, blah. Then I went back to art school when I was 22 and started doing my illustration animation degree. 22 isn't old, Mm -hmm. but everybody on the course had just finished their art foundation and gone straight into their degree. So I was with 18, 19 year olds, well, 19, 20 year olds. And even though it was only two years, it was quite a big deal, but it was because of my insecurity. I thought, oh, they're all gonna know that I'm older than them and you know, it's gonna be really embarrassing. Obviously you're a little bit older than I was then, but it's all down to you and your security. If you like people, if you make a connection with people, if they seem nice, then be friends with them, have drinks with them, go out with them. The one thing I will say about doing an art foundation is that there's a really, it's not necessarily what you think it's going to be. What do you mean by that? It's really hard work. It's so packed because you're learning all these different disciplines and it's really intense and people are very focused because they, most most people now also are, you know, they, they know what they want to do. They're quite driven. It's a, a place to sort your career out and to decide what you want to do as an artist. So it's not that fun. Yeah. I found it quite like intense and that's why I burnt out when I dropped out. I, I, I went straight back, but I, I really found it tough. So socialization wasn't a big deal really for me because it was like, this is, this is taking up all my time. So you enjoy that element of it. You know, you're older, you're going you're gonna to have a better brain suited to, to handle this amount of work. So enjoy the work, enjoy the artistry of it. Don't panic about the social element and that should come naturally. Yeah, and that would just be a bonus. And as Jesse said, it's completely in your mindset. If you, you're not, you don't have to try and pretend, you don't have to be like incognito, like Steve Buscemi being like, oh, what's up fellow kids? You know, you are who you are, you're there for a reason. You should be really proud of yourself for making a bold decision to go and do that. And that's really cool and exciting. And if I was there I would think that that was so cool and like Jesse said you're not gonna have all the time in the world to socialize anyway so take whatever comes as a bonus mm-hmm. and just be yourself yeah and also the cockiness of 18 19 year olds and thinking that they're gonna go places and they're gonna be the next Tracy Yenem and they're gonna do all of this stuff um enjoy their you know stupidity because yeah. <laughs> they probably won't get there and you know you've had a huge amount of experience that they haven't had and enjoy that difference. So if you are going to take on the mum role, that probably will happen naturally anyway. And enjoy just being a bit more self-assured than you than you surely would have been at 18 and 19. Yeah, you've got nothing to be like intimidated by when it comes to those people, you know. Because yeah, and if you're going for the social ele- reasons, I, I don't think that, I mean, I'm sure you're not, but it's not going to be like that. It's, exactly. gonna, it's, it's a lot of work and you're there for a reason. So just enjoy that. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Okie dokie. Do, 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 do. Okay. Hi, BB and C. Um, my name's Poppy. And my question is, so I've got a younger sister who is about a similar age difference to you guys. Kind of 10 years. Well, eight, but you know, that's 10. And um, Eight is 10. You know, she's getting to the age now where, like, I think she's ready for her first drink. And she won't let me buy me one. And I, buy her one, sorry. And um, I was just wondering, Jesse, did you buy BB her first drink? Were you there being like, here's this lovely little 
fruity cider. You know, what was the drink? Fruity I'm looking cider. for a kind of like a gateway drink to help Lola in her um, in her journey to being an alcoholic like her older sister. Not an alcoholic, <laughs> absolutely not. But you know, you know what I mean? That's my question. Aww. Okay, bye. Love the podcast. So Thank I'm very you. flattered that you think that I'm the type of sister that would have encouraged Bibi to drink and I'm that cool. I actually gave Jessie her first drink. I think it's <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, Bibi's taught me a lot. Oh my that, God. Area. When I hand Jessie an Aperol spritz now, she she takes it gratefully with this sort of look in her eyes like Bambi, like, like, like I'm giving her her first drink. Genuinely. Um, yeah, also, I'm Poppy and Lola, what pretty names. Lovely. Never met an ugly Poppy or an ugly Lola. No, no. Um, so yeah, I'm not the best one to ask about that. I. It was hard for me to see BB um, drinking and stuff and <laughs> um, doing that kind of more, with more gumption than, than me. And again, it's another difference which I've just learned to embrace. You know, you're much more relaxed with drinking. I'm a severely controlled person I would say I think it's kind of nice clearly she is um trying to I mean all older sisters are going to be protective of their younger sisters but her way of dealing with it is trying to sort of embrace it show her the right way to drink maybe and actually I think that's a really like responsible technique maybe if you want your sister to practice like responsible drinking introduce her to like nice alcohols like a a, like a nice wine or like a nice like cocktail rather than just encouraging your sister to drink like like cheap stuff but in in large volumes Mm, you know because um I think that that means that she'll end up having like a healthier relationship with it and if she knows that she can come to you to talk about alcohol and stuff like that she's going to be less likely to hide stuff from you and maybe get in trouble because I know like because I felt so embarrassed about how bad I was at dealing with alcohol when I first started drinking it because I was late to the game and because I'm just an incredible lightweight um when I tried to hide it from like my family if I ever came back drunk or something like that I would end up being so embarrassing and, and 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 hurting everyone's feelings, you know. So it's better for everything to be out on the table. And I think that you're handling it in a in a very cool way. Yeah, be open and just enjoy your time together. And if that involves alcohol, great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in safe measurements. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. No judgment here. Hi, Jesse and Bibi. This is Elizabeth from Chicago, Illinois. Um, Here's my question. So my partner and I are hoping to have kids soon, and we live in Chicago. Our families live on the East Coast, and my best friend, little sister, lives in Atlanta, nowhere near us. Um, So I'm curious what y'all think. How important is it to be near family when you're having kids, especially at the beginning, and especially little sisters who you love? And Second question, how do I get my little sister to move wherever I am and live next door to me for all of eternity? Um, Thanks so much. Love you all. Love the pod. Have a great day. Bye. Love the pod. Oh, my God. I love you, Elizabeth. (laughs) Oh, I do. I really, I was thinking about um, having Americans in general and how far away things are. Mm. So if your sister's even in the next state. Oh, my God, yeah. That would be a big trip. I mean, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine. We're so lucky. So bloody lucky, aren't we? Um, um, oh, that's really hard. So, so first of all, answer the first question. How important it is to have family around when you've got young kids? From your perspective. I mean, genuinely, I wouldn't have been able to do anything if I didn't have my mum or BB in close proximity. I wouldn't have been able to do any work just because I wouldn't have been able to afford childcare. So there's just no way I could have worked 
also paid for childcare, it wouldn't have been worth it, especially with writing. You so much of the time is not paid, so it just would have been a no-go. So and your recommendation is you have to live in a family, even if you're sacrificing your lifestyle, your you, you know the place you love. You're gonna love your kid more. So if that means you're gonna have a happier life and you're gonna have help and you're gonna be able to be happier because you've got that help and therefore do better work and be able to socialize and do things, I, I really am somebody would, who would heavily endorse living near your family. And I do see it happening all the time. Slowly people realize that and they move or gravitate back to where their family are. And I would say from your sister's perspective, even if she doesn't realize it now, having your children in her life and having you as a motherly influence in her life is just the, the best gift that you can ask for. Jessie's children have changed my life and seeing her become a mother and everything like that has just been one of like the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed. And it's, it's, it's made our relationship closer. It's made my understanding of human nature better and it's prepared me for my life and you know hopefully future motherhood and stuff like that in ways like it's just the best thing ever so even if your sister is resistant to it she will love it so you gotta force that bitch yeah okay or you need to go near her or maybe you go yeah, near her yeah I, I think whatever whatever that you need to do to be close to your sister and to your family when you have children is is vital also i would say don't plan things too much obviously you have to decide that you want children and you're going to start trying but um nine months when you actually get pregnant is an amazing period of time because it's long it takes forever for that baby to come and in those nine months you kind of can make these decisions and you'll find your brain is different once you're pregnant and there's a sense of urgency and need to you need to complete things and Focus. sort things out so you might find that the second you're pregnant and you you've got this date in mind of when the baby's going to join you then you you might find it much easier to, to make the decision to move so yeah. Get pregnant first, I would say. And maybe, you know, discuss with your sister, what do you both like about your areas? Write down like a pro, pros and cons list. But ultimately, none of those pros or cons is going to come close to how good it is being together. So maybe you find a middle ground somewhere sort of in between the two of you or where best suits you and your family. But mm. I think make living together non-negotiable. Well, that's exactly to, what we, we did as a family. So recently we all lived in different parts of London. Um, and then when we, when we, even when we lived in a particular part of London and we weren't still quite as close, mm -hmm. we realized our happiness dwindled and we've made this decision, even though it's not practical and it's, people would question it. We've put proximity to each other above everything exactly and it's only made us happier totally um so i, I would i would completely recommend that but yeah, yeah get pregnant first see what happens get pregnant first get that baby brain that good baby mm. brain not that bad baby yeah. brain. what the fuck am i talking about <laughs> um that was a good one that was a really good one i love you elizabeth love you elizabeth from chicago <laughs> <laughs> hey bb and jesse um in Sunset, Ruth describes herself as not being the kind of the kind of girl who gets boyfriends, and Hannah's very much the the girl who always has a boyfriend and kind of goes from relationship to relationship quite easily. So, do you have any advice for the girls who, like Ruth, feel like they're not the relationship kind of girl, and you know how not to compare yourself when you're friends are all in relationships and your sister's in a relationship and things like that 
how do you stay kind of confident and happy and kind of embrace being single? Ciao! Oh, that's really lovely. Sweet. Thank voice. you for reading lovely Sunset. Voice. That's just really Clarice. lovely to hear Clarice. people saying their characters' names. Like from Silence of the Lambs, sorry. Yeah, all right, I'm just saying a nice thing about my wife. Sorry, anyway. Thank you. I, again, I feel like I can't really answer this question because I am a fraud. I am not a boyfriend person or a relationship person. I got pregnant by accident and we've stumbled into a very happy, beautiful, seven, almost eight year relationship. So weird. And I, I feel like honestly a fraud every day when I have these relationship dilemmas and stuff. And even when I kind of get complacent about having a boyfriend, sometimes I check myself very quickly, because like too boyfriend. quickly. I'm like, hang on. You never had a boyfriend before, so what are you doing? So I feel I am a Ruth. Um, but you you were 26 when you got pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. But also Ruth is 26 in the book. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's like subconsciously you wrote about that period of time in your life leading up until the, you know, the moment that you got pregnant and the moment that Ruth's life changes forever. Those two kind of events are now synonymous. But if you could talk about before you got pregnant, that period of time when you felt kind of boyfriendless, how, how, what advice would you give? Um, well, I always had creative things and a drive that no one could take away from me. So I I just threw myself into work and writing and, and making things. And so I never needed somebody to, to save me or complete me. I was enough on my own. Having said that, I desperately wanted to conform and have relationships even to date normal. Everyone I dated just psychopaths. So... I mean, I just don't know what happened to me to me. Well, I was raped. I think that probably did um, massively alter my development and my decisions with men. Um, So I just, yeah, I I feel like I can't really answer this other than say, I, I think now that I am in a relationship and I do feel like validate, I unfortunately, I do feel validated by that. The fact that he loves me and he chooses to stay with me and be with me and wants to, 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 to be my boyfriend. I do feel um, that confidence that I had before him is, is still there. I, 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 don't, I don't need Alfie. I don't like desperately need him. And that's because I've got other things. And um, you'll be you grateful. Ho- if you'll you can hold on to that sense of, okay, you don't need someone to complete you and you can, you can thrive on your own. And if somebody's going to come into your life, they're going to just only be a lovely addition to it and make mm-hmm. things a little bit more fun sometimes. Um, yeah, if you just just hold on to that sense of confidence. Yeah. I felt really unlucky with boys for the longest time and I never dated in school or um, in my early 20s either because I just felt like I was constantly getting rejected by boys and I, I think I placed so much of my brain space on... Who who could I fancy next? Who would like me? What crazy text could I send? You know, like, and the second that um, I stopped placing so much emphasis on that, I ended up actually, and feeling more confident in myself and, and focusing on things that weren't just boys, I ended up getting more um, sort of lucky with love anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could go back and tell my uh, sort of boyfriend, the self, anything, it would just be that, you will be so grateful for the brain space that you save when you're not worrying about like stupid, you know, relationship stuff. Because not only are you so much more attractive when you're not worrying about that kind of thing, but you get so much done, Mm. you have independence 
and you're not kind of tethered to this idea that you're only worthy if somebody else is validating you. It's a really powerful position to be in. And ultimately, if you do end up in a relationship one day and then have kids, you're never, you're never gonna have time to yourself. So appreciate the independence that you have at this moment in your life. You can be anything and you can do whatever you want. So yeah, like, such make a waste the most of, time. of that. You know, don't, don't think about, oh, what I could be doing if I did have a relationship or something like that. Think about what you can do right now because you don't. And one day that's gonna be a different situation. So appreciate your independence right now and how cool and wonderful you are, you know? Yeah. I definitely found that I, I, I said that the other day, I wish I could have told my younger self not to waste that time mm-hmm. just thinking about hymns when you could focus on you. Um, but at the same time, I think that you've got, to, you've got to be a bit practical sometimes about finding love because if you just focus on yourself mm-hmm. and think, okay, well, I need to just you know focus on me and just do my own thing, you, you have to be open to other people. And if you do want kids, if you, if you, you know, eventually do want to have that you can't you you can't ignore that for that you know forever women don't have that luxury so yeah yeah just be open but enjoy the possibilities and don't see yourself as less than whole because you don't have a relationship you are enough and like jesse said any relationship that you do have would be a bonus addition hopefully a really welcome one and a great one but stop seeing yourself as less than it's 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 you are exactly the same and as worthy as any girl with a boyfriend you but just isn't it don't weird that I do identify as somebody who is boyfriendless, like, and I, I, I sometimes, I do label people. I'm like, well, you're a girlfriend, you're, you're a boyfriend girl. You're, 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 you're going to be single forever, girl. It's a state of mind. It, I definitely do think of people like that, and it's so weird. But the thing is, the reason why you view yourself as not a boyfriend girl is because you have independence and a sense of yourself without a boyfriend. I think we both, and the fact is, I, I've been, like, not single now since I was 22. So you could label me as a boyfriend girl, but I don't view myself as that because I learned to view myself as a whole person and you did the same thing. So it's about your yeah. past experiences influencing what your actual current situation is. It's so nice when you're surprised, when you see somebody who's just, you think is single forever and you see them at parties and they always are kind of going from boyfriend to boyfriend or bad relationship to bad relationship. And then you see them and they're happy mm-hmm. and they are in a good relationship that's healthy. And you're like, that like blows your mind mm-hmm. so you can be surprised you can change your label mm-hmm. you really can you have the power to do whatever you want thank you for your question thank you i'm not particularly fun and i'm not sure how to i mean i'm fine with that i'm fine with that other people have an issue with it um but i don't know how i can come across as being more fun so that i get less shit from people <laughs> <laughs> I love her. I love you, India. Um, India. Who are these people giving you shit? Like, give yeah. me their number. Fuck them. I'll give them a little bop, bop, one, two. <laughs> That's just so annoying. I'm not a fun person either, India. You know? And I'm not even trying to be a fun person now. You know? And then you shock them with how fun you are. Totally. Totally. When you see Jessie after a couple of April spritz, she can be real fun. But the not fact even, is... Not even two. Just need one. Fun is such a bland term for a person. Yeah. Fun is what you call someone when they don't have a personality, but like they occasionally like dress well or like dance in a club or something like that. You don't want to be described as fun. You want it to be described as interesting or like soulful or, you know, intelligent, you know? Who also... I, I would I would I would bet that a lot of this um, labeling of fun is due to alcohol. If you're if you're not drinking, you're not fun, and that's just because of the culture of, of Britain. Um, if you just you you decide what is fun, 
And if you are having fun, if, you, if that's going to bed early, that's reading, not going clubbing, whatever, you might be playing video games, you might be doing something weird. If that's fun to you, that's, that's enough. Like don't, don't compare yourself to others. And if you are surrounding yourself with people who are saying you're not a fun person, they aren't nice people. Also, it sounds like if somebody's describing you as not fun for, let's say, it's not drinking or not being irresponsible, sounds like they're like they're they're feeling insecure about themselves. Mm-hmm. Like if you're ever being mean to someone about not drinking, it's because you feel bad. You feel like they're judging you for drinking, um, but actually they're just minding their own business. They're making their own decisions. So why don't you? find some people that may be more aligned with you that aren't going to be judgmental and insecure because your friends are shit. And if, if this is causing you anxiety by, you know, constantly being called not fun, then you need to take yourself out of this, this, this position and get away from these people. Exactly. You never need to worry about being fun. Fun is a boring thing to be, mm. you know? You sound You cool. sound very fun. Very, you know? very cool. Hi, Bibi. Hi, Jesse. This is really exciting. My name is also Jessie, Jessica Jones. Um, I was wondering how either of you feel about routine. Is it important to you? Do you try and really cultivate that? Or do you prefer to just kind of let things flow? I personally really thrive in routine. And as an English teacher right now on my summer break, I'm kind of struggling not being in my routine um so any tips to i don't know what do you think about routines tell me oh this is a question for this is designed for us yeah. okay jesse jesse loves routine don't you jesse i love routine but again i feel i don't have the luxury of routine right now just because of um three children mm-hmm. and some holidays. and some holidays and you know two years of on and off schooling because of the pandemic so yeah, I find a routine, I, I do, I think they are the best thing for creative people, even though that's, you know, people wouldn't believe that. Um, I think it's vital to have or implement some kind of routine into your day. I think that, again, I feel like I benefit from a routine when I have one, but don't let your routine be influenced by what you think a routine should be or what other people's routines are. I think um, as a creative, like freelance person who has to kind of like, work at my own schedule and what works for me if I try and like stick to the routine that my friend who has a completely different job like a nine to five in an office or something like that if I try and stick to that routine it can make me miserable because it doesn't actually suit my lifestyle so work out what actually makes you feel good about your life and stuff like that stick to that but don't mold it off of somebody else's and I think that's the kind of right routine for me it's a flexible one that's based on what you actually do what realistic hours you like to work and if you want to have like two hours in the morning where you don't do anything and you just like go and get coffee or something like that so then and then you work a little bit later in the day then make that your routine and don't don't judge yourself for it but also enjoy the difference at the moment in your routine so you're not at school you're not teaching right now it's a summer holiday the routine will come back by you know in a few weeks so enjoy it being a bit in disarray at the moment and having to do different things and being a bit listless because it will come back and then mm-hmm. you'll be in an enforced routine. So and then you'll look back at this period of time and you'll be like, oh, I should have appreciated that more. I'm really trying to do that um, right now with having such a small window of time in which I can work, you know, maybe an hour a day, if that. Um, and so in that hour, I I just, I get my head down and I do it and I love that. And I know that when they're older, I'm going to have all the time to do that kind of thing again. So I'm just trying to, 
be a bit more relaxed about my work output not being you know as much as I would like it to be or I feel like I have the potential to be right now Mm -hmm. um hi Jesse and Bibi I absolutely love your podcast and I don't have any siblings so I feel like your podcast really gives me an insight into the sister relationship also you guys are hilarious and I always listen to your podcast in public so I'm always like stared at by strangers because I'll start cackling on the street. So thanks for that. Um, anyway, my query is I am basically accidentally in love with my best friend who I also live with. Um, it was all going fine. Her and I were really, really close. It was great. She was my best friend. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had this dream about her where I kissed her and we were in a relationship. And now I can't stop thinking about it. And I have this really unreasonable crush on her. And I don't really want to, don't really know what to do because not only is she straight, but she's also in a committed relationship. <laughs> so any advice is much appreciated. Thank you in advance. Oh, I love that phrase, unreason- un- unreasonable crush. That's so sweet. Oh. I mean, it sounds like, you know, um, if she's if she's got a relationship and she's never given you an indication that, like, she is um, into you or maybe, like, into girls at all, I think that what you need to do, rather than, like, coming out and saying, I have a big crush on you, because that could, like, obviously make your friendship awkward or whatever, just get, have a conversation, engage... Wh- Ooh, you're Sorry, okay. I just hurt myself. <laughs> Have a conversation with her and like gauge where she's at in terms of her relationship. Because if she's really happy in the relationship, she might resent you for like putting something in the way of that. But if she likes you too, she'll certainly give you a bit of an indication um, yeah. that she like maybe she'll say, oh, well, you know, I, I, I like my boyfriend, but like I kind of wish I could experiment with girls. You never know. Mm. You never know. Yeah, see what happens. See what happens. If you do have a, a you know, a strong friendship that is kind of flirtatious and stuff, then maybe she feels the same too. Maybe she's scared. So maybe just see how it goes for a bit. Um, yeah, don't say anything to her initially. Dreams can fuck you up. They really they, can. Because they aren't real, but they make you feel so strongly about something. In the morning, you kind of just feel like this need to go and tell somebody exactly what you dreamt about them. And I, I it might that just might kind of, that might pass naturally. Because also you need to remember that the her in your dream is, is a character you've created. So all of the experiences you've had with her in your dream and in your imagination, they feel really real to you and they've made you feel closer to the real her, but she doesn't know anything about that. So you need to remember that when you speak to her, it's not the girl in your dream. Um, it and could she be. might be a really bad kisser. Oh, you know, yeah, she, she might have kissed kisser. you great in the dream, but she might be awful in real life, you know? And who knows, it might be one of those things where it's so built up in your head and it's made you realize how you maybe want to have a girlfriend or you want to go out with girls. But then if you actually were to do those things with your friend, it it might completely ruin your friendship. So you just need to tread very carefully, delicately, and, um, you know, have fun with it. Sexy girl, love it. <laughs> Thank you for saying that you laugh on the street to our podcast. That's it's very nice. We love you. Yeah. Any compliments, just send them in, you know? Ding we're, we're dong. We've s- got low self-esteem, if you haven't, haven't noticed already. <laughs> <laughs> very low self-esteem. Very, very, very low self-esteem. Okay, here we go. Here's one from a boy. Hi, baby and Jess. My name's Josh. Um, I recently lost my dad and um, kind of been struggling with, I don't know, just feeling a bit all over the place and one of the things that I'm looking to do is maybe switch careers and do a complete 180 um, but I'm not sure whether it is something I actually want to do or whether it is just kind of like a, a phase of grief I was just wondering what you guys thought I'd appreciate it, thank you Aww. 
Josh. I'm sorry about your dad. I'm so sorry. Um, if you've had um, feelings before that you've wanted to switch careers, then this, I think, do it. Do it now. If you have never, ever contemplated a different job, then maybe this is a reaction to you being scared and everything suddenly, because when somebody dies, life is, is it, everything goes in a 180. Yeah. So, and you look at everything in a different way. Um, so maybe like something that you never would have considered before suddenly becomes like an option. Mm. Um, but that can also be good. It can Even be good. Uh, maybe doing something completely different does change your, it just changes your routine. It makes you think differently. You're scared in a different way. Um, it can be really good. I definitely found, I, both of us, I think, doing completely different things out of our comfort zone is a moment of relief yeah. because it's something new. It's something that isn't affected by loss and it's your new pathway. It creates new brain synapses in your head that aren't just related to the death. And I think it can be a really cathartic and healthy experience to use this terribly scary thing that's happened. And rather than using it as a way to kind of stop your life and stop your progress, to make it open a new door. And your dad would be so proud of you because you're trying something completely different. And if you don't particularly enjoy the career you've, you're have you in at the moment, then what have you got to lose? Exactly. If this is going to teach you anything, it's that life is short and that you might as well do something different because you could end up meeting someone or, or friends that take your life in a completely different direction. So, And other people will put you off. Other people will say, no, you're doing this as a because response. Because you're damaged and all this kind of stuff. And but that's not helpful because... No. In the last three years, say, we have done so many different things. We've changed where we live numerous times. We've done things that have completely pushed us in different directions. And people could argue, or oh, you're just, you know, you're running away from it and you're not sitting with it or whatever. Um, but fuck, yeah. Fuck them. Why do you have to sit with it yeah. anyway? Like, it doesn't leave you. Even if you're standing with it, it's still there. So you might as well go in a completely different direction and, like... Make, let it make you stronger because mm. especially I think starting a new career doing anything different is scary enough but now you've been through something horrifying and scary what's gonna fucking scare you about a career change mm. I mean sorry like it's it's just not it's not gonna be anything compared to what you're going through and instead it'll give you something to focus on something to be motivated by and it will be a new environment for you to be in so I would say mm. go for it go for a different career Death. our brother did that and, and I genuinely think it's helped him with his grief so much yeah. like I'm so proud of him and in awe of him because he used all of that pain and put it into to something in the way that you did with the book as well, well you death, know? death is irreversible changing your job is reversible. is reversible yeah so embrace that if you suddenly change job and then you regret it and you want to go back to the safe thing you were doing before if it was safe um you know you can do that you know for instance we moved because we got went to, wanted to get away and now we've moved back and you know, you can, I thought I wouldn't be able to move back because it'd be too associated with feelings of when it happened and things, but it's not, it's you're in a stronger place when, with time and you can go back to decisions that you made. Mm -hmm. So yeah, go for it, I would say. Go for it. Sorry if we're going to ruin your career now. And your life. We, we're saying go for it, okay? But it's ruined already, isn't it? As are all of ours. So. <laughs> yeah, we're ruined already. So just, yeah, remember like, Nothing is going to be as bad as death. Yeah. So you are stronger now. Don't be fucking scared. Be brave. Be a brave boy. We love you, Josh. Gorgeous. Thank you for sending that in. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> oh, hello. 
Hi, Baby and Jesse. My name is Rain and I'm from Sydney. Oh. I was wondering, how are you able to make your own stuff and kind of like ward off all the things that are telling you that you can't or you shouldn't? Like, I really want to make my own stuff, but I find it to be like really debilitating to even kind of begin. Um, so do you have any tips on getting and staying motivated to pursue theatre, comedy? acting and it might be quite like basic but would love anything you have to say about it cheers oh rain what a lovely name well my immediate response to that question is desperation mm-hmm. i think desperation is brilliant for creativity um not only uh financially because when you're desperate financially you need to suddenly think about how i'm gonna make money what am i gonna do Anything to give you a sense of urgency about creating things is good. I think people, the, the, the worst things are born out of safety. I think it's good to be a bit scared, a bit frantic, and to decide, right, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to do it. It might be awful, but I'm just going to do it. So that's my... Also, thing. I would say that clearly the debilitating feeling, and it's something I can relate to, comes from a feeling of like worthlessness and comparing yourself to other people. Um, so what you need to do is find creators and like smaller artists that you can relate to on a more personal level that do something similar to you or that make the kind of things that you want to make, watch their things and force yourself not to be jealous, not to feel that envy, like, oh, well, they've done it. So I can't do it. Instead, choose to be inspired and choose to like, uh, want to make something of your own. And if you can't get past those feelings of like jealousy and envy and stuff like that, maybe you don't actually want to make something like that. But if you really do, if you have the impulse, having watched them and you think, yeah, I could do that too. Use that and then take it with you because like envy and jealousy and comparing yourself to other people, it will never be a helpful feeling. And like every creative person deals with it, but you just, you have to like battle through that and instead choose to be inspired, I would say. And then on a more negative note, mm-hmm. um, what what do you have to bring to the table? Like, why should you be creating stuff? What do you have to say that is different to other people and is not just going to be a you know a same thing, another conveyor belt thing? You have to find a place for what you are going to create, and there has to be a reason for it. And if there isn't, then maybe just back away. Um, I'm sure there is. I'm sure you, you're talented. I'm sure there's a reason for you to create your own work. But sometimes I think that you have to really analyze why you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you can say, oh, actually, no, that this, somebody hasn't said it like this. Somebody hasn't helped in a way like this. Somebody hasn't done this thing. And, or seen it, things seen from this things angle. Seen things from this angle and do it. Because ultimately, a lot of work is, is of similar theme. Um, but if you've got a different take on it, then go for it. But if there isn't, if, the, if you can't think of the reason, then maybe just be like, well, maybe that I should do something else. If you're only wanting to get into the arts and theatre and stuff like that, and not saying that this is you at all, but I have seen this with people I know, because other people are doing it or because you want the benefits of being like a creative person, then think about, well, what are some different career paths that could still take place in the creative world without necessarily me having the pressure of being the creative person? Like there are so many different uh, jobs in the creative world Um, you just have to recognize what impulses you actually have and are you more of an actual creative or somebody that can like like work with creative people and once you find your angle once you find your like desires then just go with it and don't don't spend time envying other people it's easier said than done but like recognize the impulse don't acknowledge it and justify it you know yeah what do you want to create I think is the other thing I think so many people think oh I I, you know I'm a creative person I want to make shows but 
what what is the work you want to create can you see it yeah and also if you think about all the ideas you've had that you've never done that you've written down but you've never like got got them anywhere if you look back at them and think okay do these do these stand up or is there a reason why they didn't get made or is there a reason I didn't go through with them just really take a good look at yourself rather than just have this idea of what you want to do I think a lot of people say they want to be a writer but they don't write or say they, they want to be an actor but you can't just wait around to become an actor I mean like that just doesn't even work even if you are already an actor or have an agent and stuff like that you basically have to take the initiative and make things happen for yourself rather than waiting for something yeah. to happen definitely yeah and 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 have some self-awareness about it be reflective about your talent about your ability and and don't be afraid to really look at yourself yeah and give yourself some tough love also some nice love yeah nice little pat on the yeah. shoulder as well yeah thank you rain go for it okay here we go here's a juicy one we're on over an hour, so this is the last one. This is going to be the last one, but I think that we should answer this one. Last she, one. Yeah. This is our last question. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah, if you think we should do some more, then comment underneath and then mm-hmm. we will. Uh-huh. And also we're going to be saving some for the Patreon as well. Um, and it's so lovely to hear people's lovely different voices and yeah. American accents and Australian accents. Yeah. Men's voices. Men Men's listen to voices. the podcast. I mean, oh. well, man, did you have two questions from men? Two, no, no, no. We got one question from lovely Josh. We got another question from a boy, which we'll be answering on the Patreon. And then we also got a couple of questions from a strange fellow. But anyway, oh, apart from that him. might be played on the Patreon. Oh, I. Okay. Hi, BB and Jesse. Um, you're probably going to think this one is a bit scandalous, but I wondered, do you think it's better to marry for looks and love like you know getting butterflies in your stomach and everything all for stability reliability and safety but the looks not necessarily what you are really really attracted to um i've been married for five months and yep love my husband very much but sometimes i wonder should i've chosen someone that was a little bit more physically attracted to what are your thoughts love you guys bye well, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for the brutal honesty. Wow. I, w- I wonder if you listen to the podcast with your husband. <laughs> she said she doesn't. She doesn't. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a great question. It is. Like, you know, it's very, very honest. You've reflected well. And at least you're asking yourself the question. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Five and I think she there's an answer in her question. I think she knows the answer, mm-hmm. which is that, yeah, you should marry for, um, you should marry for, stability and safety and 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 you you've chosen a partner Mm -hmm. for your life Mm -hmm. sex is something that does disintegrate Mm -hmm. as as you get older unfortunately that's the truth who do you want to be old with who do you want to grow with like some like old crusty guy that like used to be a real stallion but now like you know he you just he watches tv all day or somebody that you feel supported by who ultimately cares about you as a person and not just as a sexual object you know yeah so, yeah you don't want to be using lube when you're 60 nah. i mean no you probably do want to be using lube oh, you, probably need, to, you probably need to to be honest you probably what need i mean to. is you don't want a relationship based on lube nah nobody wants a relationship i don't know what i'm saying here but what i mean is i i associate lube with like dirty sex yeah. which is not this is wrong this is my this is this is a weird thing to, to admit but i always think oh i don't know what i'm talking about sometimes i don't sometimes i always think of lube as like um like I don't need it. Like I just want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, I don't right. want it either. 
Like I always kind of feel like, you know, with lube, it's like, well, you know, you know, you shouldn't need to have it because obviously if you're having a good time. Then, yeah, but know. sometimes lube is great because it just gets to the point quicker. You get it done. There's one girl I know told me that she always masturbates with lube. How fucking weird is that? That is that. No, well, it's not weird, but it's just kind of like, well, that's an extra level to it. You've organized that. I feel like with masturbation, like with me, you know, I always have to feel like, Oh, well, it, like a spontaneous thing. If I know that I've planned it, then I start to feel a little bit seedy. And having mm. your lube right there, like, yeah, let's get down to business. That just feels <laughs> a little bit too much for me. Oh, God. Sorry, there was a question that we were yeah. asked, so we didn't need to answer that. Um, um, my, I, my thought to be, if I'm going to be really honest with you, because you're clearly an honest lady yourself, you're five months down the line. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to be having sex all the time, but five months down the line does seem like, unless you had a really long relationship before that, Five months down the line maybe seems a little bit soon to already be feeling like you're not sexually attracted to the the, the husband. Um, but things change. Maybe, you know, you're just like going through a phase where you're not feeling like that. But in my opinion, I would still want my first like couple of years of marriage to still be like quite sexually charged, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it depends what you want out of a relationship. If sex was a big thing before the marriage, if, if one of your... Um, staples of your relationship is your sexual relationship and it's now just suddenly dwindling and you've realized that you don't find him as attractive as you did at the beginning if it's always been a relationship based on friendship and routine and 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 sex hasn't been the priority then that's what you signed up for yeah exactly so exactly it's different it depends if it's changed lately I think it's a shame to 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 it must be I I definitely I'm sad that you, you don't find your husband attractive. I mean, I'm sure you do find him attractive, but I'm just, you know, he's not like Thor. Yeah. Um, you know, but not all of us can have Thor. Nah. You know, I'm not going to get a Thor. Nah. You know, nah. I'm I not got, even going to get a Toby. I got a Thor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know not, we're not all going to get Joking. Thors. And we have no. to accept, you know, what do we want out of a marriage? Do we want somebody who's going to, mm. you know, pay for stuff? Do we want somebody who's going to mm. have a nice dinner yeah but the fact is if you're already feeling this slightly that this little nugget of doubt um don't let it become something that then you feel resentful against your husband towards because you never know maybe he's really physically attracted to you mm. if this is a way that you're feeling acknowledge it as your own feeling um I remember I had a boyfriend that I wasn't particularly attracted to and instead of just breaking up with him I felt resentful against him for not making me more attracted to him and it's not mm. his fault you know so just be honest with both of you, if it comes to that point, and don't take it out on him, you know? That's the only advice yeah, I would Yeah, it can be, it, it probably is. I mean, I've never been married, but I can imagine, and I've read I've read books about um, marriages and early marriages, um, and I'm reading a book at the moment called Monotony, which is amazing, um, which, mon mon monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> monogamy! Which is about a marriage um, that's a 20-year-old marriage, and it looks back at the beginning of the marriage, and it's fascinating, because you see these problems play out, um, it's, it's, you're not doing, you're not admitting something that other women aren't feeling. It's just, it's, it's people don't talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, if you still want to have sex with him, just maybe try and change your, your mindset to, um, yeah, I don't find him like amazingly sexually attractive. Mm -hmm. Like I want to rip his clothes off the entire time, but you can, you can, you can change your, you know, you can, you can fake it. You can, you can fake it into, into making it. Yeah, exactly. And also like, don't, don't, 
don't um uh like put him down he could still surprise you if you if you tell him this is exactly what i want i feel like sometimes we just assume that men well they can't gratify us they're never going to be able to but you never know he clearly really cares about you if you tell him this is what I want you to do. Like, set him a challenge. And if he can meet it, then you'll probably feel more sexually attracted to him. See if that works, you know? Yeah, the other thing is, I think most couples just get old and get fat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. Everyone gets bigger as they get older, usually, mm-hmm. unless you're um, Liz Hurley. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know why. I haven't thought about Liz Hurley in such a long time. Most couples, you know, you think of settling and getting old together and, you know, the sex dwindling and stuff. And it's like, actually, no, you can change your narrative. If if you think, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know what your husband looked like, but say, you know, if you notice that your boyfriend or your your husband has gained weight Mm -hmm. and just is drinking more and doesn't really give a shit anymore about about how attractive he is to you, then you need to say, hang on a second, I didn't marry this. Yeah. I married something else like you know work for it and at the same time it's the same thing don't assume that he finds you like a sexual goddess mm-hmm. you know he might you know you might have changed you might be a bit lazy you might not you obviously you, you sound very great sexy and fit. sexy and fit um so yeah just we all have to just remind ourselves and be less proud that relationships are organisms that need to keep living you can't just like expect it to keep on going so before you say yep yeah, cool i'm not attracted to him anymore that's it why don't you try and like set both of you a challenge for how can we become more attracted to each other this is what i want you to do in the bedroom this is what i want you to like maybe you want him to dress better or, or something like that like people can change yeah and tr- if he's willing to do it with you then that's a really attractive feature and you don't yeah. want to let that boy go and if he's not willing to adapt and sorry if he's not willing to adapt and grow with you in that way and and push yourselves as a as a couple then yeah maybe you have to rethink also other th- other thing that people don't talk about is that it's fine to get divorced. Yeah, it's fine. It's no big obviously, deal. Obviously, most people want to marry for life, but I think it's it must be terrifying to get married and then to think, oh my god, have I made a mistake? And then to think, okay, I can't undo this mistake. You absolutely can. Exactly, and also you can and. It's better to do it now than in five years time. And then you'll look back at where you were now at this moment and you'll think, why didn't I do it then? So do really think carefully about your situation. Don't act hastily. But if you are in a position where you're like, yep, cool, no, I'm, this is not working for me. Get out now rather than five years time. It's just, it depends what you want. Yeah. If you want a relationship that is based on sex then yes, get out now. Yeah. If you want, if you love your relationship as it is and you're just asking the question, you know, in like, in you know, maturity, then yeah, I don't really know the answer. I, sex is so important to me that it, it is like a, a staple of my relationship. And if the second it goes, I, the relationship seems to fail. Like, it, like it, they go hand in hand. Yeah. So I just think, yeah, you have to just think about what you actually want. Yeah. Thank you for your question. Thank you for your honesty. The most honest question, yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you everyone for sending in questions. We're really, really sorry if we didn't um, get to you. It was a lot of questions that I received. Listen on our Patreon. But we're going to answer some more questions on our Patreon now. Patreon.com forward slash K-Sisters. And if anybody watching who didn't send a question or whatever, who's just watching or listening, um, if you enjoyed this episode, then we would be happy to do it again at some point in the future. Just so please comment do. Comment below. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. What a fun little time. Yeah. aunt. Yeah. And... Thank you for coming to our show if you came to our show last week. Mm. And we hopefully will do another one. And thank you if you have um, continued to support my book, which has been really sweet. Jesse's really nice. Book. Yeah. 
keep keep on spreading it. You know, give it to people. Actually, no, don't. No, make them buy it. Make them buy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. yeah. Hashtag sunset book. Pass it on. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.